welcome to an interim episode of Did You Do Your Homework? Uh, my name is Martha Sullivan, and I am one of your co-hosts tonight. And I regretfully am here to inform you that due to my inadvertent uh, poor time management, uh, tonight's episode will not be our full-on episode 11. Um, I did not feel that I had adequately prepared, and in the interest of giving you, our listeners, uh, the best quality episodes as possible, we have made the decision to uh, bring you this uh, intermediary episode uh, so that you don't experience a lack in service and move episode 11 to next week. So our episode 11 on grief will be released on June 14th. In the meantime, here with me, as always, are my two co-hosts. Uh, I'm Pete, and I am fully on board with the idea of supplemental episodes, possibly for extra credit. Uh, and this is Kaylee. Um, I love extra credit. All right. So what our listeners did not know is that the extra credit this week would have been to go see the new summer blockbuster release wonder woman let's uh, let's pause there are... and give our listeners full credit they all <laughs> knew that their job this weekend was to go see wonder woman <laughs> that's you know what pete that's fair um so we're going to take a little bit of time uh to do a kind of extended credentials episode on wonder woman um, I know that for Kaylee and myself, this was actually the last piece of media that we consumed. Uh, Pete, you said you saw it on Friday? I did. I saw it Friday night. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that you have consumed media in between Friday and now. Um, but honestly, I don't think it matters as much as Wonder Woman. The one so thing I just... want to actively plug, though, <laughs> because this was okay. me, like, actually, actually, the last piece of media I consumed also happens to be the media that I've been consuming all weekend long, which is the new Arcade Fire song, Everything Now. Oh! Um, if you like Arcade Fire, go check it out. The video is like, whatever, it's interesting. If you like dystopia sort of visuals... <laughs> like corporate dystopia visuals it's fine um but the song is catchy it's like abba dance music through arcade fire um okay i can dig that yeah like check it out everything now i've been listening to it on repeat all weekend long i will say that i did come home and i did listen to a song so technically wonder woman was not the media last media that i consumed i i there was a video that was released recently um, called LaCroix Boy that I'm oh slightly God. obsessed with. <laughs> Marin shared it with me on Friday, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off and let you finish this, but... No, that's fine. Ma Marin, uh, my, my fiancé Marin sent me a text saying, like, as I texted her, you need to listen to this new Arcade Fire song. She texted me, <laughs> she was texting me, LaCroix Boy, YouTube it right now <laughs> and she spelled boy b-o-y when in the song oh, it was spelled b-o-i okay. yes so i typed into youtube lacroix boy nothing popped up <laughs> but some possible options including one called lacroix boys b-o-y-z it was not good it was not what everyone was listening to right now i would recommend looking at it in a 
train wreck kind of way, but not in a okay. legitimately good kind of way. Okay. And then I listened to the actual LaCroix boy, which you should now talk about. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's very odd because, I mean, I don't have, like, I guess a standard type of music, but this hit, like, everything. It was like, oh, man, like, I love LaCroix, first of all. Like, I drink it all the time. Yep. And to have a song that's just, like, sort of like a love serenade to this beverage was just, like, amazing for me. <laughs> Well, and, and the video is a oh, seeing is believing situation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This... It is a piece of art. <laughs> I'm Martha, sorry. I'm... I have no experience with either of those things. I will say that my favorite part of Arcade Fire is the man who very enthusiastically beats the drum, like, the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> there are some enthusiastic uh, musicians in Arcade. It's a, like, nine-person <laughs> band. <laughs> There are, I know, it's great. There are filler roles. <laughs> I had no idea they had a new song out, but now I'm really excited to check it out. They've got a new album coming out late June. And I have no frame of reference for this LaCroix boy that you speak of, so I'll have to check that out as well. You should. No way we could describe it would do it justice. Yeah. Other... Some's just not gonna. Yeah, other than to say don't... I mean, you could check out LaCroix boys, but... I wouldn't recommend it in the same way. <laughs> so, getting back to my legit credential. <laughs> <laughs> so, I saw Wonder Woman earlier today. Um, and I also saw it on Friday night. This was the second time in 72 hours that I saw it and I have to say going into it the first time on Friday I was very concerned even after all the positive reviews I was very concerned that it was going to be a case where we all collectively wanted it to be good so bad that when it wasn't terrible we all went yes well and also that the that the DCU had set the bar so low yeah that like oh you made a passable film. Hooray. Yeah. But then actually I thought it was a legitimately good film. Yeah. I, um, I would agree with you on that. Third and I don't think I don't think it's perfect. Um I think the writing has a lot of issues. And you know what? I'm gonna just say right now, this movie is new enough that I don't I think that we should not spoil anything as okay. we can. Uh, just because it's the first weekend. Other, other than Normally what's in the trailers. Like... Yeah, other than what's in the trailers. Because I do have a moment that I want to mention um, that I believe is in the trailers. And even if it's not, it's small enough that I don't think it counts as a spoiler. Um, but yeah, normally normally we're super casual about the media that we talk about. But in this case, I, th I think that we can safely say this is a spoiler-free discussion of Wonder Woman. Um, but I think that what... Even even if I didn't think the movie that itself on the whole was perfect, I did think it was very good, and I thought that Gal Gadot was great. Oh my god, she was amazing. She was incredible. She was um, one of the things this movie had to establish going into Justice League. Oh, I sorry, think, sorry, that... I, I have to cut you off right there. Um, apparently, her name is pronounced Gal Gadot, which is different than what any oh. of us clearly would have assumed. Um, I know going like because we've all see, read or seen Waiting for Godot. So we're like Godot is G-O-D-O-T is pronounced Godot. 
um, AV Club or someone like that had an had a video of like listen to her pronounce her name because you're all doing it wrong, and because she's Israeli and not French, it's Gadot. Well, thank you for that correction, Pete. Yeah, I did not know that, and I would much rather pronounce someone's name correctly. I only learned this like three days ago. <laughs> Um, but yeah, one of the things I think this movie had to do going into Justice League was establish Diana as somebody that people not only would follow, but would be enthusiastic about following. Um, and I think that that is one thing that Wonder Woman does equivocally fantastically. Like by the end of the movie, I was like, yeah, sure. We're going to war. I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, you, you were going to spoil a specific scene. I, there's one moment, there's one moment that I really felt encapsulated. It was, it was so small, um, but it was one of those like, yes, this is it. This is what she's all about. Um, the, and the moment in the trailer is when she's running across the battlefield, like the no man's land battlefield. Mm -hmm. And then the moment that I want to talk about is right after that, when she jumps into a trench full of German soldiers and the first thing she does is destroy a Gatling gun. Yep. It's a machine Before gun. Before yeah. she... Well, it's a giant gun. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's what has been preventing anybody from crossing this, uh, uh, this chunk of no man's land in trench warfare. And that moment, it was like... Before she worries about any of the soldiers, before she does any damage herself, the first thing she does is take out this weapon so that no one else can use it and i thought that that's it like that's that's what she does it's it's yeah um that one moment was very very important to me for reasons that i you can tell i have trouble articulating but i just thought it was a fabulous little detail well it to, to me, it fits so perfectly like there there were a lot of really phenomenal parallels um in another light non-spoilery thing when when she's a child she basically like says um i promise i it, like let me train let me be a fighter i promise i won't use a sword only a shield and of course she ends up using both i think no, the trailer shows no both sharp of those. edges yeah yeah no sharp edges like <laughs> no that's very edges. cute that's very captain america -y even um which i yes. think this movie had a lot of parallels with in a good way um, but like when she is crossing and, and this is all in the trailers, when she is crossing no man's land, she is not crossing it with her sword out. She's crossing it with her shield because that's the only way to cross mm -hmm. no man's land. Um, and then when she gets across, uh, you know, she, she destroys the, the machine gun. And I, I think you're right that it's a, a phenomenal, like, this is why you would follow her to the ends of the earth and into world war one, which is maybe even beyond the ends of the earth. Um, but also she is a, Everything she does, all the violence that she commits, is done in the aid of protecting people. Even if it is offensive violence, it is for a defensive purpose. Um, yeah, of, it's to prevent protecting. further violence. Right. It's, it's primarily to prevent violence rather than to cause, to cause damage. Right. But I also love that they very clearly get across the fact that she's a pragmatic fighter. Like, if she needs to take someone out, she's gonna. Yes. She's a warrior. Yes. Um, and, like, like, she's a warrior with a code. And her code is prevent future war. But to prevent future yeah. war, we need to wreck a lot of faces right now. And so, like, time to do that. 
the one <laughs> this is a a critique that is highly unique to me um <laughs> so it it starts with a whole bit about greek mythology and i was it's not real greek mythology <laughs> so it took me like five minutes to be like oh wait it's a comic book movie turn my greek mythology loving brain off turn my comic book loving brain on now i'm on board with this like nonsense interpretation of greek mythology um, yeah. Which is the same issue I had with Immortals, uh, Tarsem Singh's um, movie from a couple years ago, uh, which was like, it's not a good Greek mythology movie, but it's a fun action movie, as long as you can turn well, the Greek mythology brain off. And this, I mean, the movie does borrow a lot from various Wonder Woman runs that are more mythology heavy, but they have never been, they have always been mythology um, as it is convenient to incorporate into this comic book character. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Like, even even the Brian Azzarello New 52 run, which was very mythology-heavy, um, even that was, well, what bits do we want to cherry-pick that will make a good story with this character? That, so... <laughs> that, that's a good segue. Kaylee, had, have you read any Wonder Woman? No. I haven't either. Um, or at least I, I've read no solo Wonder Woman, and my only exposure to Wonder Woman is through the, uh, like the JLA cartoon. Yes. yes. Um, and, and like other random bits where she filters into the DC universe. So, yes. um, I guess Martha, I'm curious what your take on this is having actually read Wonder Woman solo stuff. So I am, in the in the grand scheme of comic book fans, I am new to Wonder Woman. Um, I really started getting into DC books uh, at the launch of the New 52 in, I believe, 2011. Um, and that's when Brian Azzarello and Cliff Chiang were the creative team on her book. It was very mythological. It was really epic. Um, Steve Trevor did not appear in that book. Um, it was what, at the point he was dead. No, cause he wasn't important to that story. Okay. It I, was also, I don't know. They when... were telling, I'm sorry. I don't know when Steve Trevor is supposed to appear. He, he shows up all over the place. Um, in the, the rebirth run, uh, which is currently being written by Greg Rucka, uh, and set now he's, hmm. he's in it. Okay. Um, so he's, he's like Lois Lane to, uh, Superman, Got it. whatever okay. time period we're showing up in, Steve's going to be there. Got it. Um, but yeah, so on, so the, the run that I started, that I really started to get to know Diana in was that, um, because I enjoyed that so much, I went back to read some of her older stuff. I read some of the earlier Greg Rucka book. This is his. This is his uh, second time on on Wonder Woman. Um, I read the Gail Simone run. Um, I'm reading I'm reading the Rebirth run now. The thing that I the the reason that I'm I'm bringing up all of these I read the Darwin Cook although that wasn't a Wonder Woman book that was the New Frontier, which is a more of a Justice League title but is also fantastic, um, and I think takes place during World War Two. Hmm. Um, it's either World War One or World War Two. I don't remember off the top of my head, but, um, 
one of the things that I liked about all of these different runs on Wonder Woman is that they are all very identifiably Diana, but they are all kind of focused on a different aspect of her character. And the movie sort of cherry picks from all of them. So the, the current Rucka book gets back to Diana as like um, the Amazonian on her island who's never experienced the modern world before. Um, and that kind of, not innocence, but like... Naivety? Almost. That kind of purity of purpose, I guess. Like the, the absolute belief in the goodness of people. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I thought that was a very strong arc of who she was. Um, I think it is. I think it is the core of who Diana is. Like in um, the the arcs that I've read for her have ranged in experience levels from like just off Themyscira to has been operating in the world of men for decades and knows how it works. Has been in the Justice League for years and has worked with Batman and Superman. Like the the range of experience levels for me, what Diana comes down to every time is believing in the goodness of people and believing that in believing that the possibility of goodness in people is worth protecting which is very similar to superman when superman is not being handled by Zack snyder well and the difference between diana and clark is that that neither of them are human clark desperately wants to be yes and so diana kind of ends up taking more of a matriarchal protective role over people because she is not constantly trying to be one she accepts that she's kind of apart and above and uses that as her sort of platform i guess she's also Um, like actively royalty whereas clark is farm boy kansas america which is like as deeply democratic small d as you can get um and so that's that's sort of a difference there too of like clark is like humans should be free to make their own choices and at their heart they're all good and diana's like humans at their heart are all good and also we need to watch over them and protect them I, th- I I actually I'm and part of this is me getting it muddled. I think Diana more than Clark understands that humans have the capacity to be either good yeah. or evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that but that the chance for them to choose to be good matters is what she stands for. Which which is why you never have I my knowledge of the Injustice universe, which is apparently a series of video games and comics, is limited to literally that. But the idea is like, oh, what if Superman turns fascist evil? You would never have a story where what if Wonder Woman turned fascist evil? Um, you say that now, but I thought that about was, Captain America. Well, and, I was oh, going to say, that's, that's, actually, that's actually part of the story of Injustice 2. Um, what, but that, whether that or not Woman that makes... Turned? Yeah, but whether or not that makes for a believable Wonder Woman... I'm flipping my table over here. 
Um, no, and, 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 and you know, the, like in final in final crisis, Wonder Woman is a villain because she's being possessed by I'm going to go ahead and say granny goodness, like some some bad creature, but is like possessing her. And then once she gets unpossessed, she goes back to being normal Diana. Like I've I've yet to read an arc where it is reasonable that on her own volition, she has become a fascist dictator, whereas Superman, and even more so Batman, it's sort of part of their DNA. Like, Batman is, like, literally three steps away and Superman's powers away from being a fascist dictator. Um, well, have you read Red Sun? I love Red Sun. Bar. I love Red Sun. Um, <laughs> and in that, he's a, fa he's a commie fascist dictator for hundreds of years until he decides not to be. Um, but yeah, that, yeah, so that was one of the things that I thought the movie got that Gal Gadot's, it's going to take me a while to get used to that. I know, I'm, I'm um, still saying it wrong. <laughs> I think that her performance gets that really strongly. I think the writing kind of struggles with the clarity of that message, um, Without spoiling too much, and we can talk about this off mic if you guys really want to, uh, there are story choices that I would have made differently to kind of reinforce the giving people a choice to be good is worth protecting idea. Mm -hmm. um, I think I know what you were referring to. But it, I, I think that Gal does a lot of heavy lifting that works for me. Um, just to show how she sees the worst in people, but also sees the capacity for the best. Considering that by training she is not an actor, she is a phenomenal actor. She's yeah. so good. She's so good. Do you guys watch the Fast and Furious movies? No. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> they are a they're, guilty pleasure. They're wonderful. Well, I'm not even guilty about it. I'm going to go on record um, as saying that for what they are created to accomplish, mm -hmm. I think they're pretty close to perfect. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, um, what if we can drive a car from one Burj Dubai building to another Burj Dubai building? Done! Awesome! They have, they have a clarity of storytelling purpose... They know exactly what they set out. They 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 have a yeah. They know exactly what they're doing. I think they do it really well. I think their escalation has been excellent. It, it's a classic. But anyway, you, she's you, in. You're, you're she's in a handful of them. Yes, she's in a handful of them, and she's wonderful. I mean, spoiler alert. Which ones she, are she in? I'm looking it up right now. Good, because I'm like I, I've seen a handful. She plays Han's girlfriend. I think she dies in six. Spoiler alert, but come on, guys. I've never seen um, a Fast and the Furious movie. I didn't know that was Gal Gadot. See all, <laughs> all of them. I'm, I'm enjoying Kaylee and Mai's totally different responses to this situation. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know what these movies are. I didn't know that was her. Great. Yeah, they're so good. I car race person, so... It doesn't matter. I, I okay. mean, like, so, Man. So, Ka Kaylee, <laughs> Kaylee, jump in on number five and you'll be fine. Um, okay. Maybe well, four, four, four is good too. Four watch is good three. too. Yeah, 
three's fine. Three's heavier on the car races. By, True. by by four, they're like, we no longer care about car races. We're all about being international criminals or something. Yeah, so she is in six. She might also be in five. Huh. Anyway. In like a flashback situation? Oh, she's in seven, too. I oh. wonder if that's as a flashback. Yeah, speaking of Kaylee, get ready for the the chronology of this film series to not make a lick of sense. Okay. Like, number no. three might be the last movie, <sighs> chronologically speaking, or something. Number three is not the last one. It goes, like, one, two, five, six, three, seven, <laughs> eight, nine, continue as usual. Like, and the you problem missed four in there, so like I said, oh, get ready four for it to not five, make a lick of sense. No, four and five are direct sequels to each other. <laughs> five picks up as soon as four ends. It's just three that's out of time. It's not that hard. And anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right, every movie's a self-contained fun fest. Um, and yeah, right when you think that they can't get any better, they introduce The Rock. <sighs> oh. Who, yeah, he makes that He makes that series. I guess he and Jason Statham are going to get a spinoff series. Um, but yeah, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about Wonder Woman uh, before I just override the conversation. Kaylee, do you have thoughts and feelings about Wonder Woman? I do think that it is one of the better movies in the reboot of the DC universe that we are currently in, um, which makes me very excited about Justice League as well as Aquaman. Mm. Um, I had not thought about Aquaman when thinking about how much I enjoyed Wonder Woman. That's a good point. Like, it's kind of like, these. this is what I have to look forward to. I'm, I'm kind of excited about this now. Um, a quick sidebar on the topic of Aquaman, as long as we're here. Uh, I deeply love that they took blonde-haired, blue-eyed Arthur Curry from the comics and turned him into Jason Momoa, Hawaiian surfer dude. Um, I think that that is perfect. I think I'm, I'm hopeful that it will give us a solid precedent for updating characters racially and um, ethnically to be more diverse in a way that is thoughtful and makes sense and cannot be accused of tokenism. Um, and yeah, I Wonder Woman has made me optimistic about adding an element of lightness and humor, which I think the DC universe desperately, yes, desperately needed. Jesus Christ. Yes. The like th th this movie has more than three colors in it. I do feel like it needs to be a little bit balanced, though. I feel like the the humor in this movie might have been a little imbalanced, if that makes sense. Like, cause, hmm. And I, I know that I'm not comparing apples to apples. I'm comparing apples to oranges. But if you take, like, a Marvel movie, it's got kind of, like, a really good balance of, like, humor and then action. Where you're kind of, like, sitting there enjoying the movie the whole time. And I feel like this movie has started to do that, but they're not quite comfortable with that as a medium to explore, if that makes sense. It, it, it definitely does. Um, the way I would describe Wonder Woman is, like, like if you were to ask me my five-second review of Wonder Woman, it would be, 
the DCU finally figured out how to make a Marvel movie. Um, yeah. Which, which like, obviously leaves a lot out because it's the five-second review of the movie, but it felt in many important and positive ways like a fun Marvel movie. Um, yeah. Kaylee, I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on how it didn't quite stick those joke landings. There was a scene in there where... I felt like the joke hit too late. Like it was, um, so it's, it's the band of guys that are tagging along with, um, Diana. Sure. And And without going into too much spoilers, but like, yeah, something happens in the background. And then instead of like, I feel like a good joke. There's a lot of like build up in the audience. It's kind of like anticipating it. And then the funny thing happens. And then you're kind of like the whole place erupts in laughter mm-hmm. sort of or like you you know you have like sort of like that expectation that something funny is going to happen and i feel like this was like you felt like it was going to happen and then the joke happened and it was like oh yeah you made a joke and it was like it didn't feel like it it felt like it was like five seconds too slow if that makes sense K- kind of a little too much by the numbers like yeah you, you set us up and then there's the joke Yes, Yay. yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but I think once they figure that out, and I think based on the trailers that I've seen for their future stuff, it's it's very promising. Yeah, I think the the three, or our, um, our band of supporting characters worked much less well for me than um, Chris Pine and uh, Gal. Yes. I, I, I agree. There... I thought their he or their chemistry did a lot to sort of soothe over where the jokes got a little awkward, and I didn't notice it as much. I do have to say that one of the supporting characters was played by the guy who plays Spud in Train Spotting, and as I was watching the movie, I'm like, that guy looks like the guy who played Spud in Train Spotting, and then I looked him up afterwards. I'm like, it's the same guy. Great, I win my bet with myself. Uh, and that's, that's my little sidebar of, I love when that happens in movies. Yeah. Like I love when that happens in movies where I'm like, he looks like that guy. Oh, it is that guy. Hooray. But yeah, I, I think we can all agree that if this is the, if this is the direction that the DCU is trending towards, it is only for the good. Um, yeah, my, my last, my concluding thought on Wonder Woman is that I'm very glad that it looks like it is a honest-to-God, no-room-for-argument box office smash hit. Because now, hopefully, we can dispense with this myth that movies starring women, directed by women, don't make money. Which has not been true since Alien, but mm-hmm. is one of the most harmful and persistent myths in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, hopefully we're done with that. Hopefully, it would be nice. <laughs> it, it, it's not simply a, a box office smash hit. It's a critical smash hit. So yes. it, it has broken both of DC's issues where they're like, we make movies that make money, but not critics. And this movie has done both. Like bangers. Well, and it drives me... It drives me crazy because you know that if it had made a ton of money but had gotten panned... Or vice versa. It would have been done. 
but specifically because the truism in Hollywood is always if it makes money, it's successful. But if this one had gotten panned, even if it had been if even if it had made money, I, I think the end result would still have been, oh, well, we can't make Wonder Woman movies anymore because no one liked it. Yeah, but I think yeah. the opposite would have been equally true and equally stupid of like it got critically acclaimed but made no money. So clearly the reason it made no money is we had a woman directing it and a woman starring in it. So we sure. need to not make those movies anymore. We're DCU. We're not good at things. Um, True. So I'm, I'm glad that this did both. Yes. I'm glad that there is no room for... Yeah. Well, clearly there's room for argument because people are still trying to be like, oh, well, this movie succeeded despite Patty Jenkins. Or it's like, no, you know what? Shut up. The, yeah. The, I. Mm. The, the worst thing I've seen is Fox News saying like, you know, it's not patriotic. It's like, yeah, because she's a fictional character from uh, uh, an Amazonian, an Amazon, a fictional Amazonian princess half deity. What part of that says America to you? Literally, no part. Oh, uh, Vulture's review was super, super sexist and gross. Oh, boo! Um, Vulture yeah, tends to it was be on awful. board. Like, be okay with that. I know, stuff. right? It was yeah. very disappointing. The author actually talked about how it was too bad, or anybody going to this movie looking for um, Wonder Woman's S&M kinky roots would be sorely disappointed. And it's like, bro, we know that's where she came from. That hasn't been what she's been about for, like, decades. Was that a, a, a Avery'sman? No, oh. no, 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 no. Because, um... like, because that's, that's, and, like... Both an accurate but also a stupid acts like like framework in which to view Wonder Woman from like because yes Wonder David Woman's... Edelstein wait David, David Edelstein? Edelstein really because he's NPR's yeah. big uh, uh, film reviewer that's fun it's that's a, a terrible review that's a weird angle but yeah the basically the whole review I mean he can't. He cannot go a paragraph without referring in some way to how hot she is. Mm. Um, yeah, and he uses a lot of really gross, loaded, sexist language. Um, it's it's not good. That's frustrating. Yeah, but anyway, um, I'm glad that those seem to be the exception rather than the rule. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to the sequel. Yeah. Which apparently will be set in the modern day, and not World War II, which solves or at least sidesteps my problem, which was why doesn't she just kill Hitler? Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, like like in the DCU, why isn't Hitler just dealt with? Um, and the answer is apparently we're going to sidestep it, and that's a fine response. I I, I was actually I, I was very happy it was set in World War One, the war nobody talks about or cares about. That was a nice different setting. My husband made a very good point about that is that like 1914 is basically the last time that you can have a group of men with guns invade Themyscira and not just hose down the Amazons in machine gun fire. Like that is the last time that the Amazons with their arrows and their swords stand a chance of successfully being able to defend their island. And my heart, my heart needed that, uh, 
that battle scene to be as uplifting and ultimately victorious as it was. Not uplifting. It's sad. A lot of them die. But I still get to see Robin Wright through sh- shoot three arrows at three independent German soldiers and kill all of them. So, you know. That scene immediately that made me want to play a lot more D&D than I currently play. Or insert any <laughs> RPG where with, you know, archer ranger type figures. Rangers everywhere. <laughs> yeah. An army of rangers. Everyone has multi-shot. So our actual episode 11 will go up a week from today. Uh, You will not experience any further delay in service. Uh, Thank you so much for bearing with us. Uh, In the meantime, you can find me as always on the internet. I am on social media as at Magical Martha. Pete, where can people find you if they wanted to check you out on the internet? I'm always available to be checked out on the internet where I am giving hot takes on both politics and pop culture at Twitter at Pico3000. That's P-I-K-O 3000. And Kaylee, if people wanted to find you on the internet, where could they do that? You can find me on Instagram where I post lots and lots of pictures of my cats and other random things um, at Tricky Lemon. And you can find our show on the web at homeworkpodcast.com you can follow us on twitter at dydyh podcast you can find us on facebook at did you do your homework we have no current discussions going on there but we would love to hear from any of you if you have a question comment or a discussion topic for the future please shoot us an email at show at homeworkpodcast.com uh, please rate and review us on itunes um, we have had a handful of, uh, ratings. We would love to get some more and any reviews we will read, uh, live on our recordings. Um, have I got everything guys? I would say if you have not seen Wonder Woman yet, you should probably go see Wonder Woman. Yeah, if, if, Wonder if, you've gotten through, if you've gotten through 30 minutes of us talking about Wonder Woman and you're like, I don't know if I should see this yet or not. Go see it. Go see it. It's fun. Go see it. And on that note, uh, we will see you next week. Uh, Enjoy your extensions and have fun doing your homework. 